Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Sam Matterface and I was sitting in for Jim White on today's show. And alongside me, Simon and Martin Keown, and we look back on the final day of the Premier League season as Leeds and Leicester were relegated. And we discussed Luton's promotion into the top flight following their playoff win. We're going to start with Everton. Not so great escape. Two wins out of the last ten. They drew their way to safety. Their final day win over Bournemouth season secure Premier League uh, football next season for a 70th successive season. Alan Stubbs, you just heard him in the news saying you can't be celebrating staying up in those circumstances. How do they stop getting into this situation where they're constantly fighting against staying in the league? Employ the right manager, which they've done. You know, if you're going to bring... Is it deeper than that? Well, yes, because they've made bad decisions because the managers that they've had haven't helped them with those decisions. But also the owner, I suspect now, given the nature of the financial pain that Everton have been put into and the decision-making processes that have alienated the board from the football club, he's had his mind concentrated. Now, Deitch coming in... Um, and Deitch being there next season will enable them to create a culture in that football club that's steeped in some more substance. I think there needs to be a cleansing exercise. Some of those players that are there need to be moved along. Uh, a different a different c- calibre of player, both you know, ability-wise, but more, more importantly, mindset-wise, needs to be brought in. Deitch will do that. Do I think Everton are going to be a top 10 side next year? No, I don't. But I don't think they're going to be a relegation side because I think you'll find if an ownership model gets to be changed, which may happen, and then you've got Deitch in there. If you look back on the last two appointments, they've been a disaster. Benitez was always going to be a disaster. It couldn't possibly not be. So isn't the problem not actually cleansing the dressing room, it's cleansing the boardroom? Well, that's because the, the relationship with the fans is really toxic. Yeah, of course it is. But, that, but that, I don't think that's something to be admired, the fact that Graham Sharp and people of that nature can't go to a football club. But it's not really Graham Sharp that's the problem. No, I know, but they've taken, they've taken to task the ball. They've taken to task Bill Kenwright. They've taken to task Denise. And Graham's been caught in the shrapnel. But let's be let's be let's be sensible about this. While you're pointing your guns at Bill and whatever else you think Bill hasn't done, I don't know a billionaire that gets told what to do. So Mashiri's made the decisions. The fact that Mashiri is on his way out the door, one way or t'other, either not being wanted at the football club, so he's marginalised in terms of the opinions that he has, or someone else is coming to buy it, or people that were funding Mashiri are not, lang- not are no longer allowed to fund him. All of those things come to pass. But I think the big component part for Everton, it's not about off the field stuff. It's about in the dressing room and Deitch is a better fit. Well, interestingly that you say that because Sean Deitch speaking afterwards sort of gave a bit of a reality check, Martin, to, to, to the idea of a change of culture in the summer. He said, look, there isn't a massive war chest. Uh, he went on to say, we will find out the truth of what we have got over the next few weeks and then we will work out what we can 
and can't do. Is that quite troubling that he doesn't understand at this moment in time what landscape he's going to be dealing with? Um, of course it's troubling. I mean, the boardroom, you know, it's been very toxic there, hasn't it, the last few years. I'm not really sure that the, some of those board members can come back. I'm just, I'm sure he only this week has secured a loan, hasn't he, for the building of the new stadium. To ensure so, that the stadium so, gets built, yeah. I mean, his loyalty to the club and, I mean, the amount of money that he's put in, Simon, you understand that, I'm sure of course. Got, it's an absolute yeah. king's ransom that he's put into this football club. The one thing I will say is Sean Dyche came in, his very first game he beat Arsenal. Yeah. And you look about instantly got results. And if mm. you, you take that win away, they certainly wouldn't have stayed up. The game at Brighton was just incredible to go there and win 5-1 as they did. Um, and yesterday as well, it was the nerves that were on view. They can't keep putting themselves into that position. That's, mm. that's clear. Uh, they have to have unity at the football club. They need to decide who's going to be in the boardroom. Um, Simon, is that a job that would interest you? Um, not, not particularly, no. Um, because I think, no, I, don't, I, I think ultimately if you've got uh, Mashiri in situ, then I think he's, it's his football club. He needs to make his decisions. But I think when we talk about... When we talk about so is it just a facade, the boardroom? Well, I think people use it as an excuse because if you look at Sheffield United, their club is in disarray. They're in the, under transfer embargo. The ownership model is not being able to meet its obligations during the course of the season, yet they, they, they win the league or come second sorry, in the league and get promoted to the Premier League. When something's, you know, often players will sit over here, you wouldn't have had that many dealings with the boardroom of Arsenal because you're more focused on what your manager is telling you and what the group of players around you are capable of producing. The moment there's a fall away in the team, then ultimately it's other things that are, are the responsibility. But of course, everything's the sum of all its parts. If you've got a really a fit and effective owner, then you tend to have a really effect, fit and effective manager and you have a fit and effective team. When you've got, like, look at Leicester. You've got a disengaged ownership model economically that enables Brendan Rodgers to tread water for the beginning of the season. And here the team are relegated after winning the FA Cup two years yeah, ago but, and but, the Premier League seven years ago. Yeah, but if I... OK, of course, I get that. I concentrate on what I do on the pitch. But if we're going into the last sort of six months of the season and then you're looking at Calvert-Lewin, the number of games he's played, yeah. and there was an attempt to buy a centre-forward, a really poor attempt... And it well, seems there was no attempt to buy a centre-forward well, because they didn't uh, have the money, Well, Martin. allegedly there was attempts, but they but, fell through. But they they so tried what, to engage with uh, Andre Ayew, but he was yeah. too expensive even for them to sign on a free transfer because they had literally no but money. But how have they got themselves into that but position? But they spent half a billion but it's pounds. Not, it's not a case of they had no money. It's a case of they weren't able to spend the money that they did have because they were under special measures from the Premier League about mm. the manner in which they trade. Now, that trading situation will have diminished recently because the, talk, the, the actual three-year carry is beginning to come to the end, i.e. the profit see the COVID losses and all the manner of which they spent money badly has run its cycle now. So they've had two years where their finances have been controlled better. There, so are, there are reports that they're going to end up getting a subject of legal action from some of the clubs that have been relegated. But that's but that's silly because the, but there's, there is reports but that's going to happen. But that's silly because they're not able to do that because the framework of it is is that there's governance inside the game that doesn't allow it's happened football. happened before though, isn't it? No, it hasn't happened before. Well, West Ham and Sheffield no, United. No, that wasn't. That was a separate matter where two players were registered illegally under the auspice of third party ownership. But there out. because they sued them for compensation outside mm. of the football rules but that's because there was a clear situation where players were fielded under the auspice of a different uh, uh, of third party ownership this is within the conf the punishment for this mm. is, wrapped, is, is, is wrapped into the configuration of the rules of the game and clubs can't suddenly decide well hang on a second the rules that we are uh, abiding by we want to change now because we, we affect us so These why are, the are they rules. investigating that route then? If they know because, that, why are they investigating Because they're going to be route? sanctioned by the Premier League. Why wouldn't they? No, but why are the other clubs thinking about going down a legal well, who route? Who says if they, they are? Are? The media. Well, it, it's been... 
pretty clear that they've been exploring those tools. The, the, with due respect, if anyone had any common sense, they would understand that's not really a viable possibility. The rules cover this. You sign up to the rules of the industry, and if the rules aren't deemed to be effective, then you affect the change into the rules. You can't subsequently say, we're happy with this to be the rule governance, and ultimately, when we don't get the outcome, we're not, we're not happy with it. It doesn't mm. work that way, It'll be Sam. interesting to see how uh, that FFP investigation... Uh, it concludes and whether or not they are given a points deduction or whether it's a, a huge fine which wouldn't be particularly welcome uh, maybe it's time to uh, move some of those players on it was Abdullah Decore who scored the stunning 22 yard volley which saved them in the end um, he was exiled earlier in the season uh, so it's quite amazing that he's ended up becoming the hero but as Sean Dyche told us last night there's no joy in this go on no, I was going to say good get on with it then that's what you've been brought in to do. Uh, yeah, okay, you know, we all know there's challenges there, but these guys just get on with the job in hand. Sean's been brought in. He sat in here in December saying, you know, I'm going to hang around until I get a Premier League job because I think I'm worthy of another one. People categorise me in a certain way, but I think that's unfair. I play a certain brand of football. That's not the way people think. I play the resources that I have, but I also don't play the way people think I do. So I'm going to get another Premier League job and I'm going to wait around until such a time as I do. I'm going to back myself. And when I get it, I'm going to make a success of it. Boom. Okay, you've kept him in the division. Now you need to build on it. Yeah, he talked last night, though, about giving an indication that there would be more sort of grinding out. They're not going to be turning into Manchester City anytime time soon. They've got to cut their cloth accordingly, he suggested. Well, the only reason Man City are Manchester City is because they've got a unique manager and an, and an ability to be able to buy the best players. Mm. If Sean Dyche had the ability to buy the best players, you might find a different style of football, but, are, but are right now they haven't got that resource. They're going to get into this, this cycle where they, 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 they hire a manager, they get very excited, they stay up, then after six months of the following season, it's not going well, they're not playing the football that they want, so they end up getting on the manager's back, and then they fire him, they bring somebody else in, and it's just a but that, circle but of fire. But, but you could you could point that accusation at a variety of football clubs. Absolutely. That's the very but that's the very, that's the very nature of the sense of entitlement that football fans have about what, what they have the right to see. It's not a sense of entitlement, though. Well, it just it is, is a dream. You want to be able well, to believe a, in a football but, club, but, yes, but you also have to be, But you also have to be... You have to balance emotivity with pragmatism and accept where you are at certain moments at time you know we all want to play and watch beautiful football but sometimes it's not available to us Is it there's always an expectation though, so there's an expectation at Everton to play beautiful football and to, to, to compete did you play beautiful football when you were there I'd like to think we did there. It, yeah. was, a, it was a level. I was of lucky to was... be a part of a group that had been successful previously. Yeah, and it was a changeover period. The club was evolving. Colin Harvey had come in, and he bought lots of big name players. Uh, some of the players were coming to the end of their careers. The likes of Peter Reid were moved on before I got there. So it was kind of a. You've got a close attachment with that club, haven't you? Oh, for sure. The, the, I think the fans there are, are quite incredible. I, the one thing I, I recognised there when I first went. I was asked to watch, actually. I signed there as a big money signing on Ratcliffe and Watson were playing. And the manager said, sit in the stand and learn. And I thought, well, hold on. I had Manchester United chasing me. I had Nottingham Forest. I had everybody that was anybody. And suddenly I'm in the stand. <laughs> so it was difficult. But when I came in, I put my foot into a tackle and the, the Evertonians responded. And I realised if I give 100% to this lot, they'll give me it in bucket loads back. So the fans are pretty special there. They've got to build and they've got to find the right players to do it. I think the manager is the right call. Uh, it does trouble me that he, you know he's trying to say, oh, we're going to have to grind games out because there is an expectation to play you know good football. They showed they could play good football against Brighton just a few weeks ago. There are good players there, but they need to get strikers in. Calvert Lewin's been injured so much this oh, season. Too much. I mean, fifteen. I feel sorry for him. They've only he's scored, a they've player, scored fifteen please. goals at home um, before yesterday. <laughs> This, you don't feel sorry for him? I do not feel sorry for Why him in the slightest because I think he's a lightweight. You think and he's think, a lightweight? I think he embodies everything that's his wrong. Body's just giving up on him. Some of this, his this, body's just giving up on him. I think his mind's giving up on him as much as his no, body. No, no. I, listen, we all have different views on these things, but I think come with the hour, 
come with the man. That's and cruel. I, That's well, cruel. I think it's objective. And shows thinking. no empathy at all. Well, I don't need to show any empathy because I'm not. I'm not sitting in the sentimental gang. What I'm sitting <laughs> in is the real gang. You where be. you've got an outcome. But now you're you giving the, you're giving the wrong side of your personality. That's not you. No, it's not. At all. No, it is because I, no, no, no. I look at players like Calvert Lewin. Honestly, Martin, there's nothing we, more we, hurtful we, for a player we, who cannot play because he's injured. We cannot play for a variety of reasons, and his contribution at times when he was playing was what very useful. Is useful. I'm, I'm suggesting the same thing as I've suggested before, that some players are quite comfortable being injured. Well, I don't believe he's one of those. I think he's tried well, everything well, we, possible. We can, dis- we can agree I, I, to disagree. I, I, I think physiologically he's got a few a few major issues. I think that's sort of been the, the problem in his career. I mean, I spoke to a couple of the, 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 the coaching staff at Everton. They said they, they've done everything they can to try and get him right, and it just doesn't, doesn't quite work. I if, you, if you were in the trenches... You wouldn't have Calvin Lewin with you, and neither would you, you disingenuous swear. No, 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 no. Repetitive injury for the hamstring is an absolute nightmare. You don't know when I, it's going to strike. I am desperate to ask you, Simon, about whether or not you think that Mashiri can come back in and, and, and any way, shape or form, and how he, he continues as the, uh, the Leicester owner here, bearing in mind... The Everton owner, yeah. Uh, the, sorry, the Everton owner here. How he, how he continues as the Everton owner here, bearing in mind that the, the toxicity of the relationship between the board and the fans and what happens next welcome to the coliseum of confrontation outspoken with white and jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport simon i wanted to talk to you about uh Mashiri. i mentioned it just before the break the idea of uh, him carrying on how does he actually carry on as the owner and operator of this football club bearing in mind that there is such hostility towards him amongst the fan base well, isn't there more hostility towards other members of the board than Mashiri? I think people think that Mashiri's a busy fool with his money. And so there's a degree of empathy that he's been led by the nose that those that should know better. So I think their toxicity has been confined predominantly to Bill Kenwright, to Denise, and to some, for some reason to Graham Sharp, because I guess they think he's been complicit in the, the nature of the way they run it. So I think ultimately, Mashiri, if he so chose... Well, he was the one who wrote the letter, the open letter to the yeah. fan base, saying that we wouldn't be in this situation again at the end of last season, and that there was going that's to fine. be investment, and, 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 judge and, me after a transfer window, with, all that with kind of stuff. And Andrea Redrazzini telling the fans it's impossible for them to get relegated last year. Mm. People say things, and they're held accountable for it, but the fact of the matter is, if there is no, no change of ownership, then the fans are going to have to get on with the guy that's right the checks because you know this ridiculous notion that sack the board right well if you sack the board and the owner who's going to write checks and who's going to pay people because ultimately with football clubs like Everton there is a necessity for people to keep on putting money in to to be able to meet the cash flow requirements at certain times that a football club needs so so go back to your point I think there was, there was a distinct possibility the club will be sold anyway, so this will that, that circle will be squared in another fashion but I think you'll find that there's an element of a tacit acceptance that Mashiri is the sort of the busy fool that's been allowed to make decisions that have been the wrong way around, which is why I constantly argue Everton fans, it's so stupid, because I know as a matter of fact that Mashiri's made the decisions. I know as a matter of fact that he's the person that said, I want this manager or that manager. And people say, you know, as a matter of fact, because Bill's told you or this person's told you. But notwithstanding that, there is no possibility. I've never, and I've met some very powerful people that are billionaires, I've never seen them allow someone else to make a decision for them. They make their own decisions. Mm. So with that in mind, to blame Ken Wright and to blame those guys, the blame should be at Mashiri. But the one thing they can't argue, normally what you've got is football fans get out of our club because you won't put your hand in your pocket. He's put his hand in his pocket too much. Yeah, and and got involved too much. The opposite has happened at Leicester City, another one of your former clubs. Lack of investment, contracts running out, eight players going to leave in the summer. Indecision and no plan over Brendan Rodgers has cost them relegation. Um, Title and FA Cup winner seven years ago. Um, has there been a bigger fall from grace than Leicester City in the Premier League? 
Do you know it's hard to to look at it? People were talking about that. I was actually part of an Aston Villa group that okay, it wasn't the Premier League, but only four years previous to that, they'd won the European Cup and we were relegated. So I mean, people are saying, oh, they won seven years ago the Premier League. I think the Villa situation was even bigger, mm. and I was a part of that. That was before the and Premier League, wasn't same it? Same as before Blackburn. the Premier League. Same as Blackburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, Blackburn you get, five you get sucked in. You're in there, and you can't. You think you can affect it? You can't. It's it's a snowball effect, and you can. It's a slippery slope that you can go on as a football. How club. did it happen though to them? Because they've got so much talent in that squad. Did they sleepwalk into it? Was that James Madison tweet when he sent uh, out after the Southampton game to Rob Tanner, who had suggesting that all the ingredients that were there for relegation, and he said nonsense. Watch the game. Report on the facts. Play like that. We will be fine. We created enough chances. He was in denial at that point that they were in a relegation fight, but they were. Did they realise it too late? Personally, I feel that Brendan tried to take on the players. He tried to take on the dressing room. And he didn't have the means, he wasn't supported. He didn't have the money to buy, to, to buy the new players to the, come to the football club. Mm. It's, it's, it's healthy when you allow players to go. There was a group of players that contracts are up now that probably should have been moved on and got money for. And he wanted to do that and he told the board he wanted to do that. He, he Why wanted, didn't they let him do it? Well, I think Martin's, Martin's point is, is a very good point because, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, is that Brendan Rodgers called it on after the Nottingham Forest FA Cup loss. He called it on. Now, he either should have understood what was happening with his ownership to be able to make those sort of observations, or he should have paired it back and accepted what he's got. And if he accepted what he's got and he didn't want to work with it, he should have walked. Now, I know there's a matter of £8 million mm. that necessarily would have been lost from him if he walks away, but you've, I, I hold Brendan Rodgers, in part, significantly responsible for the demise of Leicester City. What Absolutely. about John Rudkin? Because he sacks or agrees that Brendan Rodgers leaves and then yep. doesn't have a plan in place. They play Aston Villa and Bournemouth with uh, with two guys that haven't managed a football match before But I don't think that's the, the case. Plan? I don't believe that's the case. I believe it's a case of Brendan Rodgers... Well, you don't just, believe there was a... There was no, a I, no, I, don't no, believe, the I don't believe he sacked him. Sam, I believe Sam. they sat there with one another looking one across the table going, I don't fancy this anymore. Right, I believe okay. Brendan Rodgers when I don't fancy this anymore. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? But that relationship I don't fancy you anymore. You don't fancy it anymore, so let's not fancy it together. We all knew it was coming to an end. Sam, lots of questions. Let us speak. So what I think happened was that he basically, the plan was to go with the players they had. Okay, let's gamble. They'll keep us in the Premier League because of the quality we have. And the worst possible things happened to them now. They kept the players, who contracts are now up, so they get no money for them. And they've been relegated. So they're now in real, real trouble because they've got to rebuild completely next year with hardly half the squad going out the door. Really good players. So Only Madison. <laughs> well, in a way, you did, who would have thought this would have gone wrong? When you looked at the actual quality of the squad... You'd have felt, well, this is, you know, okay, if we're going to take that gamble, this has got to be good enough to stay up. And it wasn't because they didn't have the players pulling together. Brendan had lost the players. The players were kind of like, basically, when you, when you go into a game, it's not a tap you turn on and off. You have to be totally committed. And nobody wanted to stay. When Wesley Fofana was allowed to leave the football club in the summer, mm. he jumped the queue of, of the exit door. I've been in a club. When I went to Aston Villa, the players said to me, what are you doing here? What you, why did you come here for? We all want to leave. The Steve Hodges, the Paul Elliott's said to me, oh, what have you come here for? Now, when you arrive at a football club like that, it's very difficult to get that sort of togetherness that you need. It's got to be full The final situation was difficult because the, the, the size of the transfer fee dictated some of Leicester's decision-making process, but so did the player's behaviour because the player made it very clear he wanted to leave. Now, the fact of the matter is they didn't do enough about it. But again, I go back to the point. If you're going to call out a dressing room, then you need to be able to have the tools to be able to break it up as you see fit. Mm. But then you need to understand that you can do that before you start calling out a dressing room, which is what Rogers. Now, Rogers might have been caught in a, in a moment of peak, but when you get to the beginning of the season and you haven't got what you want, rather than start the first seven games of the season not winning a game because your mindset isn't right mm. and put yourself in a situation that is going to flow through for the rest of the season, look what's happened there. Jamie Vardy was almost like his surrogate son mm. at one point, and something's happened there. 
because Jamie Vardy was marginalised for a proportion of a season. People look back on Schmeichel. Schmeichel's form last year wasn't great. No. The facts of the, well, the year before last, sorry, not this year. So people were actually saying, I think it's run its course. Now they're saying, oh, he was a big voice in the dressing room, and that's what's been lost. Madison, when Madison sent his tweet yeah, out, but- wasn't wrong in what he said, because the reporter that had written an article about that was looking at Leicester's form previously. In the game that he was writing on, they'd battered the side. They but, just but Iliacho, Iliacho but, had missed every but, single thing that you could possibly give him to score from. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Fantasy Darbo places the ball down with a chance now to level up the shootout. He steps up, right-footed and blazes it over the top of the crossbar. It's over for Coventry and Luton Town are back in the big time for the first time in 31 years. The orange shirts run towards their supporters in the east side of the ground and it's party time for Luton. It's a tripling blow for Van Darbo who blazes his kick high into the evening sky. It's jubilation. Nine years from conference to the Premier League, the joint quickest rise from non-league football to the top division uh, with uh, Wimbledon. Um, Where does Luton Town's rise rank in terms of football's greatest rags to riches story? 30 points deducted by the FA. They're quite bitter about that. They became the first club to go from top flight to non-league and back again after winning 6-5 on penalties. Commiserations to Fan Darbo. I mean, there were 11 precision penalty kicks prior to that. It was a fantastic game. It was a different game of football to maybe what you're used to seeing in the Premier League every week, but it takes uh, uh, all sorts and there's a, you know, there's always a different way to, to skin a cat. Congratulations, by the way, to Chelsea uh, women who won the League and Cup double as well. Uh, the uh, title for a fourth successive year. There's a lot of big pluses this week and Luton Town certainly are were you one. Up, were you inferring there about the long ball game? I mean, Ron Edwards did say you are allowed to kick the ball into the air. Yeah, 33, per- 30, 30% of their passes go long. They, uh, they're second yeah. only to Birmingham in the division for, for playing longer ball football. But what they do is, is they do it quite artfully. They use it well yeah. to build as a platform and then uh, create chances and goals. They're set piece 
Chiefs routines are brilliant. Sometimes I think 27% of their goals over the course of the season have come, or 27 goals this season have come from uh, incidences where they've put the ball into the box from a set piece and then either from the original phase or the second or third phase they've scored a goal from it. So the, it's well, I think that you so have a, to long, have a certain a sort long of pass arm. or a long ball because that's what they did, didn't they, for their first goal? Yeah, it doesn't Adibayo. really matter how it what comes What a run out, was it? that, by the way. It's beautiful. That centre forward really play was brilliant skill, from Adebayo, the yeah. centre forward, and then holding the finish, it up. Brilliant. The finish at the end. So I think there's good football around there. But Absolutely. That, obviously, that's the belief of the manager. I thought spoke exceptionally well, actually. Uh, really difficult circumstances to see that his captain, Tom Lockyer, uh, collapsing on the pitch was really quite stunning, wasn't it? We we know we don't like to see that at all. And I, I, I watched the build up to the game, the the emotion and the 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 noise in the atmosphere was just quite remarkable. It was just it was almost as if I was back on the pitch. The way that they'd actually set it up, Sky, and they were presenting it. Uh, I just wondered whether that was played a part. Did the player did he faint? During the game, because well, he the just... good news is, is that he's okay now, and he did a photo after the game celebrating the the promotion to the Premier League, which I think was the best photo of them all. We also got the opportunity to speak to David Pleat. You remember David Pleat, the old um, Leicester Who'd forget and his run uh, Luton the uh, manager? Yeah, he's did, he's done a fantastic job. He's a brilliant football Same man suit as, as you well. had, didn't he? Uh, me, yeah. What's, what's wrong with this suit? David Pleat and you go to the same wardrobe, don't you? <laughs> Actually, he probably donated it. You got to, the same to the shoes on as well. It to. Loafers. <laughs> hey, listen. There's only one person with a shoehorn in this studio today. <laughs> Who's that? By the way, it is me trying to shoehorn opinions out of Martin Keown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's hear okay. from uh, David Pleat. who spoke to Jim White straight after the game. Well, I'm very pleased for them. I think it's sad that it has to go to penalties. I have to say, they were ten points clear of Coventry in the league. They were the third best team on paper, so they deserve to go up from that point alone. I just find it remarkable. There's 10,000 positions at Kenilworth Road for supporters, 37,000 people here today. What do they do? 27,000 people are going to sit and listen to it on the radio, watch it on the television. It seems so sad, that is, that they haven't got the stadium ready. But if they were wise, which they are going to be, and spend, for example, 45% of the extra monies in salaries and uh, wages, and then put the rest away in the bank for the stadium, that will be wise. They mustn't go silly. They won't go silly. The board have been very good at Luton Town over the last few years. Their, their selection of managers has been shrewd. Um, their budget's been very clever. The, the whole thing is a fairy tale. There's no kind of about it, Jim. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I was always an underdog, you know. Luton was an underdog. But, of course, now they're in the big league. It's, uh, it's another philosophy. It's another... A lot of deep thinking. Well, it's the first time ever in the Premier League, David. It's more incredible to think that five years ago they were in League Two. That is incredible. And a lot of people, of course, when they sunk into League Two, some people kept faith with them. But, of course, a lot of people disappeared. And slowly they've been coming back and risen, got better standards. And it's amazing. They've carried the town, they've carried the county of Bedfordshire, the only senior club in Bedfordshire. And I also think, Jim, the fact that they were docked 20 points, 30 points, whether it was fair or not, it was that adversity that spurred the supporters to get behind the club even more because they all thought that was so unfair. They didn't know what happened behind closed doors with a disciplinary committee at the time. And of course, there must have been several things wrong. We, we know all that. But to come back like they've come back when they were absolutely demoted into the non-league, it is quite remarkable. It really is. And next year, they're going to have the lowest budget in the Premiership, no doubt. They have the lowest crowds in the Premiership, no doubt. But they've got heart. They've got big hearts. Yeah. I mean, this is a wonderful moment. Look at the scenes going on around you and I at the moment. They will no doubt be favourites 
to go straight back down. Well, they always are, Jim. Whoever wins this type of game, Forest would have been favourites. I saw the game last year against Huddersfield. Forest would have been favourites, but they didn't. And none of the clubs that came up last year, they've all stayed, which is wonderful. Um, it, it is very difficult. It is very difficult. Uh, that was David Pleat. Always great to listen to David Pleat. He was right about the crowd as well, by the way. There was an FA Trophy game shortly after they were relegated into non-league where there was only 600 people there. And there was uh, over 30,000 there on Saturday. Um, I mean, we, look at, we talked about the style and there is a bit of snobbery about the style. The stadium as well, in terms of its surrounds, is not what you would expect in the Premier League. How mm. Premier League ready are Luton Town? Well, they're there, so they'll get ready, won't they? Whether they'll stay in the Premier League is a different matter, but I think they've done remarkably well. Gary Sweet is a very decent CEO. Um, they've got very high principles about who they will do business with and what advertising revenues they'll take. They won't take betting and things of that nature because they believe in a certain outlook. And there are other teams that will have as small a budget, maybe a different ownership model now because the Americans have taken over Bournemouth, but Bournemouth has a similar stadium capacity. It's a slightly newer and smarter stadium, but notwithstanding that, it's not going to give Bournemouth that much material advantages. Blackpool went up a few years ago. Their stadium wasn't great. I think we need to move past stadium identity and look at the team and the fact that there's another team coming into the Premier League that makes the uniqueness of the Premier League continue in the minds of others. Isn't this why we should cherish the pyramid? We should always cherish the pyramid. Anyone who thinks that we shouldn't is a fool because ultimately the Premier League was spawned out of this unique pyramid that we've got in this country. We've got the second or third, or probably I think the third or fourth, sorry, highest supported league in European football in our second tier, mm. i.e. our championship. If you look at the fact we've got teams that played in the playoff semi-final in the third tier of English football that had 35,000 frenetic fans watching Sheffield United, Great sorry, watching. Sheffield Wednesday, play Peterborough mm. there's a lot about and, and, today. It's going to be and, and the very nature of the pyramid being able to provide all of the challenges and development opportunities for young players is the reasons why there need to be better distributions and economic models that support these leagues far better than the current one but the bottom line is is Luton even one of those sides yesterday that would have gone in with a magnificent backstory. Yeah, both worthy, weren't yeah. they? Com yeah. Both Co Coventry story's yeah. great as well, yeah. isn't it? You know, bearing in mind what they Just went through. They spent 64 days on the bottom of the championship this mm -hmm. season, Coventry, and we're within a penalty kick of yeah. going through. Mark Robbins as well, with the, the, various, the promotions he's had there. Um, will we ever see him in, in the Premier League? I hope we do. I think he's going to have to do it by his own right. I don't think anyone's going to come and pluck him and give him an opportunity. Just getting back to the ground, Kenilworth Road. Oh, yeah. Um, not to, I mean, the fans, Luton fans won't appreciate me saying this, but I don't think the ground was fit for purpose in 85 <laughs> when I played there for Arsenal. I mean, with that AstroTurf pitch that we all had to endure. They are um, going to knock down those uh, double glazing showrooms on the side, sorry, executive boxes on the side. Lovely. Um, and they're going to spend 10 million quid of the money that they're going to mm. get in yeah, order. 10 million, is that unfair? 10 million pounds to bring that up to speed. It's quite remarkable. The ground has always been their trump card. It's always been difficult to play there. Bad news it? then that the first four games are going to be away from home. Well, it is bad news because they really need to be there. Um, obviously, they're doing development works, but nobody wants to go there. Changing room situation. You think now the masses, What's it like? Tell the me various what staff like. members that they've got. They're tiny little changing rooms. Tiny. And there's buttresses in the way. You can't see the manager do the team tour. It's a really difficult place to go to. And I think that's part of it, their mystique and... They, they know it's a, a dare trump card because what, nobody really wants to go there. What's the ballroom like? It was like, um, you know when you go to a funeral parlour <laughs> and you go into those sort of environments, it's a little bit like that. And we, I think I Didn't went expect around, that. I think I, walked no. around, I think I walked around going, and, uh, and a relative? Are you a relative? <laughs> um, 
Um, it wasn't the greatest. It's real. But they are, I mean, you go back to that football club, you look at David Pleat, you look at the players that have played there, like Brian Steen, oh, and the, the, the winger yeah, yeah. David Moss, and you look at the Futcher brothers, and you look at the some League of the Cup achievements. Final, Absolutely. Remember that? And you, know, and you look at the, you know, the people like Eric Morecambe that are associated with the football club, and then you've got the Dowies. I mean, there's always one downside to it, isn't there? But there's a different... <laughs> they, they, listen, Luton are in the Premier League, and they well deserve it. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.